0: Hi, it's Michael and Anthony here presenting Small Business Banter. A healthy micro and small business sector means a successful economy and a more vibrant society. Small Business Banter is about helping regional business owners better prepare for the current challenges but also for the next stage of business success. I'm Michael Kerr, founder of Kerr Capital, advisors to business owners. Each week with Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service, we'll interview a different small business expert or a fellow business owner and get them to share their best tips and insights for you, the listeners. Small Business Banter is brought to you from the studios of 104.7 Gippsland FM and he's heard across Australia on the community radio network thanks also to our supporters Kerr Capital and the Small Business Mentoring Service On today's edition of Small Business Banter, really pleased to welcome in Mark Hallwood, who is the founder and CEO of Captivate Connect, and he's going to tell you about what Captivate Connect does, uh, based in Perth. Welcome in today, Mark.
1: Thank you, Michael, and thank you to your listeners for tuning in. Of, with
0: me also is Anthony Turner from the Small Business Mentoring Service. Um, welcome in also, Anthony. Hi, everybody. So, Mark, um, really really great to have you in. Uh, as I said, Telco, pretty hot topic for regional Australia particularly business owners, but also um, residential customers. Um, Firstly, to get us underway, could you just give us a little bit about um, your personal business background and also um, what Captivate Connect does currently?
1: Yeah, basically, I came um, ex-farming community. My parents were farmers and uh, I ended up farming for for quite some time as well. Uh, But in between that, I um, sort of specialised in real estate and property, finance, those sorts of things for a number of years, uh, and then got into, uh, into telephony back in 1994. Then I looked at telephony as really being quite a boring experience for people. Basically, you rang up, if you weren't connected, you were listening to those lovely things called Mr Whippy Greensleeves, and that used to really pee me off immensely. So, um, so we developed a little bit of technology, and a few other companies around the world and Australia did as well, uh, in order to replace those green sleeves with something that was a bit more interesting and a little bit more informative. So, hence the the world's on hold messaging type things were were born, if effectively in Australia, strangely enough, um, because the Americans were still a good decade behind us. So, since that time, I've sort of stayed within that uh, with that sphere of um, of telephony, and we've supplied telephony now, those sort of systems, and phone systems, to um, to businesses right throughout the country, from based in Perth, um, because we find that the big telcos aren't that flash at giving good service, uh, and they really want to focus on the big cities, the Sydney and Melbourne, uh, and they don't really care about anybody else, there's just not enough profit in it. So we provide that service, to people within the country and in the smaller cities, as well as Sydney and Melbourne, uh, whereby they can get better quality service and the best possible product uh, in the world, whether they're in um, Sydney or in Sam Susie or in out of out of So, so when you su- say you know,
0: you're talking about telephony, it's it's providing phone systems and and um, the back end systems to. Which is which is really the underpinnings of a lot of regional business, right? The telephone, uh, internet, is the you know the passageway into a business, isn't it?
1: The core to it, yeah. Particularly in the country, as you know, Michael, you've got uh, situations where going can be a long way to to go to your nearest shopfront, so you have to do a lot of business on the phone, both as a consumer and therefore the business needs to do it by phone, uh, and hence. Having a good phone system is vital. Having a reliable one is vital. Uh, And having one where the customer comes first is is also vital Uh, because people have a higher expectation these days of what can I expect. Uh, They don't really like this press one for this, press two for that, press three for that, and you press four and you're going to end up in some call centre in India, particularly people in rural and regional areas they're human beings they're not uh, they're not tech heads they just really want to be able to deal with a human being and that's where the telephony side of it comes back in again we we create human beings on the end of pieces of plastic which actually talk to you
2: just interesting, interesting point that you raised there mark just before was that you know about the customer first uh, thought processes I think you know a lot of businesses um, whether city or regional based, tend to um, are so wrapped up in what they've got to sell or what they've got to do that they forget that it's, you know, the customers that make the biggest thing. So, you know, what sort of advice would you give them in terms of using telephony and all the, you know, all the digital tools and everything else about ensuring that they do get that customer-first attitude going?
1: Well, the, that's an interesting question, Tony, a good question, but there is now some research uh, around the world um, provided by a company called Gartner, uh, and there's now – Of the fortune 500 companies in the united states 80 percent now have a director of customer experience not just customer service but customer experience and what do you get in rural and regional areas that you don't get in cities is customer experience you don't get customer feedback in the city you get press one press two and end up in india somewhere in rural and regional areas we rely upon the fact that we have relationships with people and that is what we have to look at. That's going to be the future. That's where the bigger companies are really struggling, To where the big city companies are struggling to be able to come to terms with it because it's run by IT people. And IT people don't have a really good focus on um, the customer experience. So we're yep. there trying to bring that that level of customer experience that you normally expect from a regional and rural business into the cities. Whilst maintaining it, and the country people just do it better. Yes, it's there's a, a lot that can be
0: learnt from from away from the way some of those uh, regional rural businesses are one where a run, I'm sorry, um, you know, where they do put customer first. And nice to hear it's being um, uh, sold back into the you know, the bigger cities as a, as a way of doing business. Um, at the moment, uh, there's a you know, through coming through COVID. We're hearing a lot about. A move of people, employees, companies, businesses to the regions because you know lifestyle choices. Um, what What are your thoughts on the capacity and the of the existing infrastructure to support more people, more businesses in the regions?
1: The NBN is 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 out there. Five G is coming. Both Optus and Telstra are, are quite reliant upon five G. Uh, and I had a meeting with the West Australian, Northern Territory, South Australian guy who runs uh, the NBN um, Skymuster or whatever they call the, uh, the satellite up there. They're investing a lot of money in that. So the, the government is very, very committed to providing a better and more reliable internet service, and that's the one thing that rural and regional Australia has suffered for so long. It's almost come to the stage where it's almost expected And it's also expected in a rural area that, well, it might be a couple of days before we get our phones back. Uh, Well, that's not acceptable. And I think this government um, is saying, hey, there is the technologies out there, and if we want to do it, then we need to do it better. So I think over the next few years, we will see a fast, faster, far more reliable uh, internet connections to the cities, to the the rural and regional businesses, uh, and therefore, that will create then that opportunity for more people to move out of the city without having to miss their, their Netflixes and their, their good communications that they've enjoyed.
2: In your experience, Mark, is there a a greater reliance upon and greater usage of technology uh, within sort of rural and regional communities? Um, I remember doing a project some time ago where we were looking at apps and there was literally thousands of apps available for farmers to use and things like that across the world. So, you know, that would indicate that there is a high reliance and necessity for quality uh, telephony and or, um, you know, services, infrastructure services and everything else in the rural areas. Uh, yes, there's
1: certainly there's so much technology available now, uh, and I think probably the hardest part is getting that the information about that technology out to rural and regional areas, because of the fact that we don't we don't think about it because we know that our mobile phones might drop out unless we're with the big T. You know, ten miles out of town, um, do we rely upon an app? Not at the moment. But we will as, as time goes by. So there are lots and lots of, of bits of technology available. Like farming, for example, going back years ago, was you drive a header and you just sort of line up the right-hand side of your uh, of your machine uh, and hope, like, oh, you didn't miss it. Now you just press a computer. It's all done by satellite. It's really, really lazy. But gee whiz, it's efficient. And that technology's out there because we're using satellites. The satellites are up there. So gradually over the next few years, I think we will see the internet technology improved vastly within the regional areas. And so it's a matter of the businesses in rural and regional Australia also getting ready for that. In other words, getting those apps ready so that as soon as we get that reliability, then communicate that uh, and tell the people about that we've got a new app for you to buy your parts or buy your your, um, fertilisers or do business with us,
0: however. So Mark, that that's, yeah, certainly um, interested to hear your, your thoughts on, we've, we've touched on tech in agriculture there. What, what other uh, small businesses do you work with and how are they using uh, tech, internet, telephony to, to really make their business more efficient, more profitable,
1: easier to run? Well, if we take the, um, if we take the telephony, the business telephony, which is our, our sort of core business, that's one I probably know better, than, than farming acts so I wasn't a very good farming but um, if we take that for example in the historic old old system is that uh, you have to try and get a, a tech to come out and plug in a new a new handset if you've got a new employee uh, to find a tech in some of these towns might cost you for 500 bucks to get somebody to drive in uh, and it might take you two or three months to get a new line put in if you had this new employee uh, with the new technology now based on on the the internet um, all you do is you say, it's like, okay, I've got a new employee starting tomorrow uh, and his name is Michael Kerr. Okay, cool. So, Mark, can you send out a new handset? Bang, we'll program that handset up and just go and plug it in. And so this it. is our, our IP telephony? We're talking oh, about. All IP telephony, yeah. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. The days of, um, of the copper line network are pretty historic now. They're going to wind it down completely. They're going to shut it down. So anybody who still is using the copper line network, um, you know, get ready because they're going to shut you down sooner or later. You'll need to go to IP. It's a matter of just timing it right because the efficiency gains will be the cost-saving gains. You know, for rural and regional Australia, we used to have to pay, you know, uh, an STD call every time we rang somebody in the nearest city or even the nearest town. Uh, with internet telephony, you don't pay that at all. It's just it's just a call over the internet, so it can in some cases be totally free. You pay a little bit more, but nothing like what you're paying now for a call, uh, and you get a really high quality call. You also yeah. have situations there where you know if somebody's away um, in the in a real a rural area, for example, for the day away from the office, their call is just automatically. Sent to them to their mobile phone or their laptop, and they can work from home. Same as in in Victoria, a lot of you guys are still working from home. Um, so I could ring your office, and I don't know whether you're working from home, whether you're in an airport, or whether you're in New York having lunch. It's just going to ring on your desk phone, and your laptop, and your mobile phone simultaneously, and no one knows where you are when I'm talking to you. Yeah, so it's um, it's going to take us. Uh,
0: so- the development of some trust for for, for companies to, you know, um, with their employees, not knowing where they are. That's a, that's a whole other matter. But uh, look, we are talking today on Small Business Banter to Mark Horwood, who's CEO of Captivate Connect, working with um, telephony in regional and uh, rural businesses. I wanted to slightly change tack, um, Mark. Artificial intelligence is, um, do you want to explain... Your, your, your interpretation of what artificial intelligence is, it sounds pretty ominous, um, but I'm interested in your, your definition of what it is and how it, um, so it can relate to small business owners and how they might start to think about using AI in their own businesses. Yeah, good, uh, good point,
1: Michael. Um, AI is a, um, a sort of a term that's developed a little bit beyond its actual true position. Most AI is mechanical learning. The machine itself has to learn what to do, uh, and at the moment it it doesn't have its own intelligence. So mechanical learning is probably a a better way. But if we look at what, let's compare the city to the country, if I was to ring um, the local elders in Bulamacangha, for example, chances are the person at the end of that phone would recognise me. They might recognise my phone number. They may not have it in the the database, but they might recognise, hey, is that you, Mark? Said yeah, it is how I propagate it. That's, that's human intelligence. What the large organisations are trying to do is to replicate that by voice recognition again in machine learning. So the, the taxation department does it, um, whereby you have your your voice recorded and those voice patterns are recognisable by their their database. And so when I ring in, I say hi, it's Mark Horwood here. And that recognises bank, Mark Horwood. I don't even have to say my name. And it goes to an operator, possibly in India or wherever, uh, and it says, oh, old well, Mark Horwood, how are you uh, whatever. It can recognise it. It will also then pull up that database and say, okay, cool, Mark. Last time you were here, you bought a uh, Big Mac with, with fries um, and a Coke. Would you like a Big Mac with fries and a Coke? Oh, yeah, I do. I feel important because you now know me and you know what I last bought, and therefore that's, I, I feel good about that. So that's where artificial intelligence is sort of heading in that telephony world. It's learning what we've done and um, and what what impact that can have. So if I was a, a dress shop, for example, and I know that uh, Mary Jones is a size 12, say, so, oh, hi, Mary, how are you? I've just got this new dress in, size 12. I think it'll fit you perfectly. How does Mary feel? great. Right. I think one of the great things about
2: that, Mark, is that customer service aspect of it. Um, one of the other sides of it, though, that I think a lot of listeners would be um, concerned about is the potentiality for um, cybersecurity and protection of data and information and everything else. So you know, with these systems that you're talking about coming through, how robust are they likely to be so that people can feel confident in them and uh, you know that their privacy is going to be protected?
1: Um therein lay like a million dollar question, Anthony, because each of those is going to have its own challenges because you're talking a small business that's recording this information. Um, you will now come across probably 50% of large businesses that you call that say, you know, thank you for calling ABC. Your calls being recorded for quality and training purposes. Now, those calls are generally recorded and stored in the cloud and they're encrypted. So they're very, very safe because they, they pay a fair bit of money for that service. But using artificial intelligence, and um, it's no different really though from me going into that dress shop or my wife going into that dress shop and they write down that uh, Mark's wife, Amy, was a size 12 uh, and she likes bright blue. It's really no different from that. Uh, if, for example, you use your credit card, to go to a restaurant you know the credit card details they sell that information to you and they know exactly how much you spend on restaurants month in month out how much you spend on everything month in month out that information goes to the banks as well so if you make an application for a loan uh and uh, you, you put down the details how much do you spend on restaurants every month uh $500, okay, cool. They scan your credit card details and say, what have you done? You spent 1500 So I think we have to accept the fact that some of this information that we're already giving uh, is, is going into the public domain. Same as Facebook. People, they put their lives on Facebook and then wonder why people advertise at them. That's what Facebook does for a living. Um, it's, a, it's a good... You, um, I like
0: the way you... Um, you define that often it does take a little bit of a historical perspective just to, to make us realize that things, you know, are different, but they're also the same. And, you know, we are got a, you know, privacy has been a concern for a long time and uh, maybe it's on steroids now, but um, I'm just interested in um, a lot of at the smaller end of businesses, um, myself included mobile phone is, you know, is, is your business. And, I think people are starting to get you know realize that they've got to have downtime and their their personal mobile is their business mobile and it's you know one and the same you can't turn it off can't get away i you know I've, I've often contemplated myself the idea of uh you know an i p telephone it doesn't really matter what but just uh, you know to separate business from personal have you got any you know perspective on you know because you got if you're a small business owner you've got to keep your energy you've got to keep your focus and uh, but also that boundary
1: between personal and, and work and business. Yeah, the, the days, um, Michael, of having to have a desk phone uh, in in our office um, are optional now. Um, I think it was Ernst and... Now, PricewaterhouseCoopers uh, in the middle of Sydney just rolled out their whole new phone system. There's not one handset in the whole joint. It's all being answered on their laptops and on their desktops and their mobile phones. So that's a big, big organisation that's saying... Ta-da, give me flexibility, give me the free freedom to take this call where I want to. But in specific answer to your question, I think you're spot on in that we need to be able to use our mobile phones for work, but at some stage, I just want to say, rack off. But if my wife rings, I might want to say rack off, but if my girlfriend rings, I want to take that call. So how do I, how do, I do that? So what we do there is we provide basically uh, an app that goes on your mobile phone, so instead of having that, uh, that desk phone, you might have 039624-1234 uh, is your office phone number. It rings on your mobile phone and it rings as an app. And so you answer it as, um, uh, Kerr Capital, can I help you? Bang, bang. Cool. And then at 5 o'clock, whatever, it automatically says, thanks for calling Kerr Capital. Our office hours are from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., um, please leave a message and uh, we'll ring you back tomorrow morning. Same as you would in a big office. Your mobile phone, however, which is your wife or your girlfriend ringing, uh, will ring, ring, different ringtone. tone. doesn't come up on the app. It's just your normal mobile phone. If you want to ring out on the business, you use the app and it comes through as Kerr Capital on the 03 number, not the 041, whatever it might be. So that's that- a, Yeah, it's an
0: excellent practical, you know, use of some technology, isn't it, to, to help start to break down the boundaries or, or, or in fact, reinforce the boundaries, you know, between
1: yeah, I mean, Similarly, when you're when working from home um, for months and months and months on end, it's very hard, I found it very hard anyway, to be able to differentiate, to say, okay, cool, it's now 8 o'clock, I'm going to, to just turn on and go to work. It's now 6 o'clock, I'm going to turn off and become a, a father and husband again. Uh, and so with these things, it's a way of doing that. The phone, you tell it what time to, to answer, you tell it what time not to answer. You tell it on weekends, rack off. But if if you need to be reached on a weekend, you can have a recording on there that says, you know, thanks for calling Kerr uh, Capital. We're um, unavailable at the moment because it's, uh, we're closed. However, it's an emergency for an after-hours call or something or other. Uh, please call this number. Boom, 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 boom which is a different number altogether which you do answer because you know it's an emergency one uh, so in the case of uh, a fuel supplier for example uh, where they might have an emergency uh, then they'll go to their mobile phone but they don't publish that mobile phone number anywhere else other than emergencies yeah, so no, I like it like that a lot yeah. so that's where the technology is is going there are so many variations to it so for example, uh, in the regional areas and believe well, in the city areas nowadays, getting getting information out to people is, is difficult because people don't read anymore. You send a brochure out to somebody and it just goes, phoom, straight into the bin. You cut down a couple of trees, paid a couple of printers, paid the mailman, and it goes straight into the bin. How do you get that information out? So then yeah, electronically, and you yeah. can do it as simply as, um, so thanks for calling um, ABC Enterprises. Uh, have you heard about our new, our new Ford? This is called a Ford dealer. Have you heard about the new Ford Mustang? Oh, what a car. On the new Ford Mustang. Enter your mobile number in now. <laughs> Bing. There it is. Sitting in my hand is a brochure from Buller McCann to Ford of this new Mustang. I can now forward that through. Yeah,
0: uh, one thing for sure, I'm going to have to check out where Bull and McCanker is because uh, it, it must be a place that you like a little bit. You've referenced it a few times. You um, re-quoted something along the lines there's while there's been a recent and slight decline in call numbers, uh, the importance of those calls has increased significantly. Can you just give us, to finish, uh, I think that's quite a profound statement. Um, could you just give us a little bit about what underpinned your quote or that requote? Because I think it goes to the way a lot of people should run their businesses.
1: Yes, we uh, we do research because our, our telephony system allows us to, to count all sorts of different things. Uh, and so we were able to count the number of calls, which during COVID, for example, um, well, up until the beginning of COVID, was gra- on a gradual decline, the number of calls overall. Because when we're buying our widgets, we're buying them online. I want 100 widgets delivered to my house at 22 Smith Street, here's my credit card, bang. I don't need to talk to anybody to buy a widget. When that widget turns up and it's blue, even though you may have ordered blue by mistake, you don't go back and say, please resend my – you pick up the phone and tell them they've bloody got it wrong, Uh, and generally they have. Um, So whilst the number, of course, and this is the the global research suggests that the number of business transactions involving a human voice on a phone – Will drop from seventy-two to seventy to sixty-eight in about five years' time, and it'll it'll yeah. remain about that sixty-eight number. But the importance of those calls will go right, right up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's look. It's um,
0: I think there's some real gold in that. Um, thank you so much, Mark. Unfortunately, we're going to have to uh, to wrap up. We appreciate your time. We've been chatting with Mark Horwood, CEO of Captivate Connect. Appreciate your time today, and we wish you well in your business, Mark
1: my pleasure thank you michael thank you anthony welcome and good to talk to you
0: so that's all for today's episode of small business banter anthony and i continue to be inspired by bringing you small business experts and other small business owners and hearing their stories for any of the links resources, or information we've talked about on the show today, or to contact Anthony or myself, please head over to smallbusinessbanter.com, or you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram. Anthony and I would love you to tune in at the same time next week for another episode of Small Business Banter.